0: Hello and welcome. It's Tammy Lawrence Symbolisti here. Thank you for joining us for the I'm Still Here Messages from the Other Side podcast. Each week we'll be talking to individuals who believe that they have had messages from the other side. So interesting to hear as we all share our time together still here. Hello, everyone. Today we are speaking with Edie Nathan. She is a psychotherapist, author, and foremost authority on grief. Edie teaches you how to dance with your grief, to know it as a way to know yourself. Whether it is the loss of a loved one, the loss of a limb, or the loss of the life that you once knew, it is your soul that offers answers to relief. Hello, Edie.
1: Hello. So good to be here.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. When we first spoke, I gave you some information about the passing of Bob Proctor. I was on Facebook just a few minutes ago. And although we'll hear this podcast well after the time that he passed, I just read that he died. And man, did I ever have a meltdown? So I shared with Edie that Bob had passed. And I just wanted to take a moment and let you know how grateful that we are for his teachings and his life lessons and just such What is a hashtag? GOAT, right? Greatest of all time. He definitely works for GOAT and a legend.
1: In looking at his website, one of the things that he, his message was this, and I'll quote it. We intend to play a significant role in creating a world in which true wealth, spiritual, material, intellectual, flows to, through, and from every person in an ever-expanding, never-ending cycle of abundance.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. just a gorgeous man.
1: I hear that you're coming in now with a heavy heart, and I hope that our conversation will allow us to expand our own understanding of grief and loss and speaking to or listening to messages that come through and the ways that they come through to us.
0: So you have had some interesting experiences receiving messages from the other side. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: I always find that to be really illuminating, okay? And that they may come in ways that we don't expect. And trust me, I would never have expected that this would be the way that I would get messages. So both of my parents are gone. My mom passed 20 years ago. She used to just call me lovingly, Edie, Edie, Edie. I mean, that was just kind of what she, how she referred to me. And she referred, and my grandmother too, her mother also referred to me as Edie, Edie, Edie. So I had just gotten really good news on a breast biopsy. And my husband and I were thrilled. We were driving home from a show and we were in this van because I used to do a lot of pottery and sell it all over the world. And so we're driving home after getting this really great news And in front of us, to the right of us, and the back of us, every license plate spelled my name, Edie, Edie, Edie.
0: Wow, that gave me goosebumps.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I have learned that they communicate to me through license plates and numbers. And my father was a numbers guy. And we just sold our house and we're driving to the closing and we pass a license plate and it says Edie. And my husband, I grew up on a street and our address was 888. And I'm driving yesterday for surgery for my husband and he's fine. And there's a license plate, 888. It's undeniable. It's right there in the most unexpected ways. But let me also say that I believe that the messages, messaging can come through dreams, can come through a scent in the air, can come through so many different themes in our lives. In ways that we may not think, oh, there's a message, but when it happens time and time and time again, it can be
0: a moment of awakening. Very much agree with that. So one of the jobs that you did was working on a television show.
1: So I was on a show called Psychic Kids, Children of the Paranormal, and I was the therapist on the show working with these kids who had many different types of psychic abilities. Uh, Some of them saw auras, some of them premonitions or could see into the future. Some of them could really see to the past. They would get feelings. They would see colors. And the show was really based on helping them to hone in on their skills In very skillful ways. However, the parents of some of these kids would have difficulty even believing that this was true. And the kids would feel very often rejected by their family members or by siblings, and even would pick things up within the homes they were living in. And the children often didn't even know the histories of those homes. And then it would be revealed by the parent, the mother, well, actually, this had been a home for. People who were addicts in the eighteen hundreds, and a lot of people died here. And you know, it's like there's no way that that child even knew or could would describe a grandparent they'd never met, and would pick the grandparent out in photographs without any kind of revealing. So it was really me helping the parents and the children deal with information that was coming in in ways that they didn't understand.
0: That's so interesting especially coming from a therapy perspective on that. It's a little different than maybe someone mainstream who might not accept psychic ability or messages from the other side or that kind of a connection. Right. It's
1: coming in at the level and the place that they're in and saying, you know, you have every right to disbelieve and that's fine. How does it hurt you to say to your child, if this is what you're experiencing, tell me about it. I don't have to believe it to hold you in it. And so that was kind of where we where we went. Sadly, too often these children who come in and feel have these experiences are often misdiagnosed and are put on medication to flatten their affect and they're thought to have a lot of mental and emotional issues. And some do some actually have anxiety or depression or maybe even a little psychosis. However, there's also this other piece and shamans. And if we look at the, the world of shamans, often shamans were thought to, you know, have perhaps some psychosis, some issues, but perhaps they were only really traversing worlds. And that by being able to go from one world, this world into another world, another vision, that, that they had to let go of kind of being grounded in this world. We talked a lot about ways to help people, the kids move between the two worlds and still find a way to be balanced and for their parents to be, if not accepting, to at least hold them with love.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just love that whole analogy of, of holding with love because this is really the grieving journey. We can't change someone's grief. We can't shift it. We can't modify it. It's something that they have to live through themselves. So if we can hold space for someone, and really, that's what this podcast is about. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah. Talking about grief, the way that I look at grief is it's an unexpected ally. It causes us to look at our strengths in ways that we never realized. Perhaps look at ourselves, look at our lives, and take ourselves on. In ways that we didn't expect, it's a teacher, and it's like your fingerprint. It's as individual as you are, and it doesn't follow any one path. It's non-linear. So the idea of dancing with it, people are like, "What? What do you mean, dance with your grief?" I'm not going to dance with it, but when we refute it, when we push it away, it actually gets more powerful. If we say, "Okay," come on, I'll join you, you join me, teach me, teach me what I need to say goodbye to, teach me what I need to say hello to, teach me about my inner core and my inner workings, then it, you do partner with it.
0: That is beautifully said. I don't think I've heard it described that way before and I really honor and appreciate you saying it in that fashion one of the things you also mention is there are phases rather than stages of grief. Could you talk about that?
1: Oh, I would love to. And thank (laughs) you. Thank you for bringing this up. Because it's just, we, we have this misnomer that there are five stages to grief. And there are five stages to dying, and Elizabeth Kubler Ross was amazing at bringing this conversation out into the world about about the dying. Her stages were not necessarily written for people who were grieving, because there's not a finite beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end, and that's how I see a stage. Instead, these phases you move in and out of, and the first phase may be. The only phase that I see is this is where we go to first. And I call that the emotional armor phase. And in that is your numbness and your protest and your despair and your maybe hysteria. All of that is all like just all together. And that is where you go to kind of get yourself together and be crazy and feel denial and Then you leave there and you go and you meander through the other phases, whether it's anger or anxiety or it's forgiveness or it's grace, and they can all come together. They don't necessarily, okay, I'm in the anger phase now, I'm only going to be here. No, if you're in the anger phase, you might also be meeting the anxiety phase and the guilt phase, and they may all tangle together and they may all dance together and one can inform the other. So... That's how I see the differences.
0: I love that idea because really when I think of the phases of grief, so just a bit of background about me, I lost my mom and my brother and my best friend within a five year span. So it was really super challenging to go through those experiences and people would say, well, what stage are you in? And they're like, well, you're probably angry. Right. And I never got angry with any of them. That was never anything that I went through. And to this day, I'm still not angry about it. Sad, saddened, absolutely not angry.
1: Mm -hmm. So there it is, you see. And, And that's it exactly. There may be parts of the phases that you don't even touch, okay? That doesn't mean that sometimes there's a delayed response. And that delayed response can be triggered by a scent in the air, a memory that comes up, or something that's yet to be resolved in terms of a relationship that one has had with their lost loved one. And, you know, oh my gosh, I never really, I didn't have a chance to say this or goodbye or tell them I love them or tell them that I needed something from them and I didn't get it and that I've, I've harbored that um, desire and, and how it's affected me. And sometimes we, it doesn't land with us or within us until maybe we hit a certain age or maybe we hit the age they were when they passed. So it's an, it's an evolutionary process, this idea of grief.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is this what you mean when you say that grief is a hero's journey?
1: Yes and no. The hero's journey is, um, so taken from Joseph Campbell, he wrote this wonderful book called The Hero's Journey. And the hero's journey is um, I call it the hero Shiro journey And basically he broke it down into three parts, but there's really more like 12. And we see the hero's journey in our literature. We see the hero's journey in in our movies, like The Wizard of Oz is a hero's journey, okay? She's, she something happens to her, she goes from her ordinary life. she goes into a cave and the cave, are are meeting the parts of her that she never really thought existed, like the part of her that needed courage and the part of her that didn't, may not have thought she had a brain and the part of her that maybe thought she didn't have a heart. And so she meets these parts of her through the characters in the script. And then she meets the wizard who's supposed to be like the all knowing wizard and then she realizes he comes out from from behind the, the curtain, he's unveiled and it's just this man. And it is really the story of how she becomes her own hero, her own, you know her own superhero. And then it's a maturation story. We see it in Superman and in Superwoman and and, and in Catwoman, and in all of the different different superhero stories. It is definitely the hero's journey. So, with grief, we lose someone, or we lose a parts of our a part of ourselves, and then we realize, oh my gosh, this is really hit, and it's hit hard. And we go into the cave, and the cave is where we meet the parts of ourselves that we didn't want to meet, that we've avoided, that we haven't wanted to dance with. And it could be our anger, it could be fear, it could be our fear of success, it could be our loneliness. And we tangle with those parts of ourselves in the cave and then we go, oh wow, you know, like I've been illuminated and I know more now than I've ever known. And now I'm gonna come out of the cave and I'm gonna find out who my friends are and who my allies are and who my enemies are. And I'm gonna just realize I'm not the same person. I have been forever changed. And grief does that, it forever changes you. It puts things into perspective and then you leave and then you enter into a new ordinary and that new ordinary, you look the same, you talk the same, and you are forever changed and loss forever changes you. And yet it can also make you see the world in living color and as a mosaic.
0: Mm -hmm. I could listen to you for hours. I
1: I love this topic because it has forever changed me.
0: I agree. And that's one thing I think even that's one thing I definitely would agree that my listeners and as well as myself are still struggling with is this whole idea of I miss that really funny part of me that like my best friend brought out. Or I miss that very inspirational me that my mom and Bob Proctor, I'll add, uh, who they brought out in me. So it's like, where do I find that puzzle piece? And how do I put it back into the puzzle? Because it's like a square peg going into a round hole and it just, it's not working anymore. Right. It's gone.
1: It's gone. Or it's maybe it's, it's not gone because we, we started this conversation with, you know, messages. Maybe it's not gone. Maybe it's been reinvented using the same energy, but maybe it's not gone. Mm -hmm. I think gone, there is a leave taking, there is a letting go. And with with every death, there is a birth. And so one of my big symbols, and it's even like on my website, is the Ouroboros. And the Ouroboros, if, if if your listeners don't know that image, it's an image of the snake, like chasing its tail in a circle. And it is true, you know, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. And we are always in that cycle. But the energy of the deathing is the energy that also adds to the rebirth.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, a never-ending cycle, which really that is the whole idea of messages from the other side because it's this knowing that they are still there somewhere we can't see them, we can't touch them, but there's a knowing. And a- there's a
1: knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes through dreams, you know. I think that we need our dream life and in a world where we've been so busy, one thing that covid has done is it slowed us down. Maybe it's made us busier. But it's also slowed us down and it's kind of allowed us to reconvene with the self.
0: Mm -hmm. Which brings up a very important point, meditation. So I am also a meditation teacher, uh, but I know that you uh, do meditations. Could you talk a little bit about meditation and grieving?
1: Sure. So um, I meditate, but I don't meditate the way that I think some people think of meditation stillness does not work for me i'm a sexual abuse survivor and as a result when i am still my body does not just doesn't react well so i do walking meditations and i walk i concentrate today i'm going to concentrate on whatever it is that i'm that i can smell in the air and that's my walking meditation and it relaxes my mind i'm only focusing on that one piece it is my mantra for the day and my mantras are always around the six senses and what am i feeling what am i seeing what am i tasting and i will just focus on that as i walk
0: a beautiful mindfulness practice
1: yes yeah but to me it is it is meditation and And so meditation, I think, is different for for everyone to even have something that you say a ritual of something that you say a mantra every morning and you awaken that to me is meditative. You know, you can count on that one prayer, that one saying that one thought or perspective. And that is how you start your day
0: hmm That's definitely a great one to carry forward.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Like, for example, to start your day with curiosity, to start your day, I wonder what I'm going to learn today. That's it. I wonder what my grief will teach me today. I wonder how I can take some of the feelings of grief today and see how I can move that from a place of feeling stuck to a place of, oh, it's an, it's an ally to metamorphosis. And I actually have a journal that's, that I will offer to anybody who's listening. You get a download for one month and it's called Notes to Self. And all they need to do is go to my website and sign up for my newsletter. And it's just ednathan.com and they will get Notes to Self. A downloadable free version, and it's in PDF form, and they can write right in it, and it's yours.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that offer. Hopefully, some will, will take her up on that. Absolutely. So if someone was going through the grieving journey right now, what is your best piece of advice for them? Or a piece of advice doesn't have to be your best one.
1: Mm, don't be afraid of it, allow yourself to spend time feeling it and when you give it the time it needs it doesn't overwhelm you you know when you try to run away from it push it away it actually ends up holding you hostage the way that you don't let it hold you hostage is by listening Mm
0: definitely and this whole idea of grief being a teacher can be really awakening for folks because i think that it takes us to a different way of oh i'm experiencing this or i'm feeling this to it's got something to teach me what do you mean by that right
1: right absolutely and you know so so i like to think that everybody has the potential to learn from someone else so this is the potential of learning from something that is so triggering um, that it could, you know, send you over the edge or make you feel like you're not present or make you feel like I've lost myself completely. And this is an opportunity for you not to lose yourself completely, but instead to say, I wonder what I can learn. I wonder what I can learn. And in my book, It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss, I really talk about, Well, this is something you could learn about yourself and getting to know the self. So I talk about, are you an introvert, extrovert, or ambivert, which is like a little bit of both. And if you are, then, hmm, like what tools would best work for you? Well, you know, if you're an introvert, probably joining a group of 10 people ain't going to work. It's not going to help. But maybe talking to one or two people could, you know it doesn't mean that you just, you know, you're just, you know, in your own little cave. It means maybe you need to piece it together in a different way. So one of the pieces in, in the book that I think is really different is assess, is it, are these personality assessments, like the, the introvert, extrovert piece. There's also another piece about being fixed or mutable or cardinal. And, you know, Fixed is like you just like to do something one way. Immutable is like you'll do things any way at all. And Cardinal is you know best. And it's not like no one way is the right way, but it's good to get a sense of what's your primary because that will tell you what you're open to in terms of learning.
0: Yeah, it's very healing. interesting. That is the goal, right? To be able to come to that point of healing by being guided through self because only you have to go through this.
1: Right, That's right. And, you know, I really want, I really want everybody to understand if you lose a loved one, I'm not going to ask you, are you over it? No, there are people who are going to say, are you over it? I hope you're never over it. I hope you're over the pain that it causes you, but to be over it means to forget, which is why I don't use the word acceptance in any of my the way that I describe the latter phases. It's it's an integration and it's an integrative process. It's an opening to another way of experiencing your loved one.
0: Mm-hmm. Freedom from suffering and integrating.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. Mm. It's a it's a different take on grief. It's not external. It's not. I'm going to go out there, and I'll get healed. And I think that is why the, the conversation about the messages that we get from loved ones can be misconstrued for healing. A message is a message. It doesn't mean that it makes the grief go away.
0: Mm-hmm. It, no. Right? Mm. So it
1: means really want to distinguish that. It's kind of important, I
0: think. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree one of the main reasons again for this podcast not only to help with the healing journey but also so that people this isn't out there thought right a lot of people will say well that's really strange that you're talking about that and it's not strange at all it's part of the human experience so the more we have these conversations the more people can become open to yeah that did happen ed 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 right license yeah, plates
1: that's <laughs> <all> right uh-huh. <laughs>
0: And life is so strange because you couldn't have designed that and told those three cars to be there that day, that moment.
1: No, I mean, the whole thing is bizarro, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Clinical term bizarro, just so you know. <laughs> <Good diagnosis. laughs> yeah, so you're right. I couldn't have planned it. I couldn't have planned 888 just as I'm, you know dropping off my husband for minor surgery. I couldn't have planned any of these pieces. I just have to say, okay, so something's, I'm getting a message. Something is coming through and it is what it is.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if somebody wanted to find you online, I know you talked about your website, but where else could they go to find you or is that the best place?
1: Well, that's probably the best place. But if they'd like to read more about what I write, you can. they can go to Psychology Today and just put in my name, Edie Nathan. They can go to Medium and put in my name. And I'm on all of the social media outlets, you know, from Instagram, Twitter. I haven't done TikTok yet. I'm working my way there. It's just a bit of a transition. but And you can find all of that information truly on my website. And my book is sold on Amazon. And even in, you know, Canadian Amazon, it's right there yeah so that's that's it really my book is it's grief and then the sub is the dance of self discovery through trauma and loss
0: Well, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today we really appreciate it
1: oh i have appreciated this interview thank you so much
0: take care edie you too We are so grateful for our guests for sharing their time with us and sharing their experiences. It's wonderful to know that we're not alone. And it's so great to hear that even though our loved ones have passed, that they are still here with connections, albeit different from before. Be sure to subscribe and to share this podcast. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Please email me. We're also grateful to Kevin McLeod and to Computech for sharing this wonderful background music entitled Happy Dreams. Thank you for sharing your time with us. May you enjoy your time still being here.